Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Ranger Report Podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman. All right, everybody, welcome to the Ranger Report podcast. Today, we are thrilled to be joined by Rangers Radio Network, Jared Sandler. Jared, how are you doing today? Hey, what's up, Ben? Kane, thanks so much for having me. Good to have you on again. So let's start with how fun has it been for you to cover the team in 2023? Well, it's been a blast. You know, I'm, I grew up here. I'm a diehard Rangers fan. So just from that standpoint, getting to watch a, a team, uh, you know, from a fan's perspective that's competitive after years of, you know, that not being the case really since 2016, uh, that's a blast. And then, yeah, you know, just uh, through the lens of, of work and getting a broadcast for the team, it's it's so much more fun to be able to broadcast exciting moments, meaningful games, uh, a team that's playing for something. And then, you know, the people that you're around are are generally a little happier when when people are playing well. So whether it's players or coaches, it just it, it's it's all so much more fun. Now there's, you know, more pressure, maybe more expectation, a loss. Uh, a loss stings, you know, more than it maybe has in recent years. But, uh, you know, I think that's a fair trade-off for, you know, just having uh, having something on the line and, and being able to play for something and knowing that this team is capable of uh, achieving something fun and special. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a lot more fun going into work every day. <laughs> Speaking of going into work, I got to ask, this isn't on the list, but I pulled up to work the other day and we had some uh, Jared Sandler frozen grapes in the press box. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, so when I was in Michigan, I lived in Michigan for 25 months doing minor league baseball. I was making some ridiculously embarrassingly low salary. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm having to pay for rent and shop for groceries and stuff like that. And I was also trying to eat 
uh, healthily. And, you know, that's not easy to do on the cheap. You know, it's easy to just get the McDonald's dollar menu and, you know, you can get breakfast, lunch, and dinner for like $12 probably. Uh, so one of the things that I love to snack on, and I'm a big snacker. So one of the things I love to snack on is, is grapes. I love grapes and grapes are, you know, there's, I guess, sugar, but it's probably natural. It's not like, you know, the same sugar on like a sour patch kid or whatever. Uh, and so I'd buy grapes, but I am a very aggressive snacker. And so refrigerated grapes are great, but I could grab them by the handful. And next thing you'd know, next thing you knew, I was, I finished the, you know, the bunch of grapes or the bag of grapes. And then I'd want to go buy more. Well, grapes aren't that cheap. Uh, and so in second or third grade, we did this science experiment, not even experiment. We, to try and understand, uh, the inner workings of the earth and the, what, what do you have? The, the, uh, I, God, I suck at I suck at science. Uh, but they try to show us the like the crust and the outer core and the mantle and all that stuff. And for some reason or some some uh somehow taking a banana and putting peanut butter on it and freezing them helped demonstrate some of the you know the 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 layers and whatnot. And I, they let us eat it afterwards and it tasted so good. And I've always had that in the back of my mind. So I figured that frozen banana tasted really good. I wonder what frozen grapes would taste like. I imagine it's just like little popsicle balls. And so I froze them and I realized after freezing them, one, they tasted really good and they did kind of taste like healthy popsicle balls. But two, I couldn't eat them as quickly because I can't stick 15 frozen grapes in my mouth. You know, my, the, the, the sensor, you know, the, my gums and the the nerves and my teeth would just explode. And so it ended up being like a cost efficient way to, uh, to eat grapes. And so anyway, long story long, uh, I still, I, since then, I mean, I always have frozen grapes in my house, but we went to Comerica park, I think it was three years ago. And all of a sudden they had a freezer with cups of frozen grapes. And uh, I was blown away because I, I mean, I know I didn't invent it, but there just aren't a lot of people I talk to who, you know, they're into frozen grapes or have even heard of the idea of freezing grapes. And so I love going to Comerica Park. And uh, this most recent time, I think I was probably obnoxiously tweeting and Instagramming about it simply to have fun, just simply having fun with my love for frozen grapes, not to send a message to anyone by any means. Uh, and I guess it got back to the the catering people that, uh, you know, feed us in the press box at Delaware North. And they thought it would be fun to surprise me with a frozen grape freezer. And so I got to give a shout out to Philip Wheatley, uh, Casey and Natalie and all the people at Delaware North. They went, they decided, hey, we're going to go buy a freezer. They got the cups, they got the grapes. And so there's a freezer of frozen grapes. I think it's going to be for this homestand and maybe they'll bring it back. Uh, early returns are that it's pretty popular, but I do want to make it very clear. I did not ask for this. I did not demand this. Uh, this was a total surprise and I'm a little embarrassed that they did it. But I'm <laughs> incredibly appreciative that uh, they would think of me and, and do this. And uh, I certainly love it. I got to say, I've only covered about eight or 10 games so far since I've started doing it. But the, the food in there is always excellent in the media in the media room. Like, yeah, we, such we, a great they job. feed us, you know, 81 nights out of the year and hopefully yeah. this year more than that. So we appreciate all the, the hard work. Oh, very much so. And they were great, by the way, 10 out of 10. Uh, I <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed, enjoyed the frozen grapes. So 
Uh, back to baseball. We've been talking about all-stars a lot. People are, you know, there, a lot of these Rangers have a case to make the all-star game. How many do you think should be all-stars? So I haven't thought about this, but I, I know there's a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, it's always tricky because every team has to have a representative. So, yeah. uh, and when you're good and you're as good as the Rangers have been, you can't just send an entire lineup. So someone's going to get left out who probably shouldn't be. But I mean, I think the locks are Nathan Avaldi, Marcus Simeon. Uh, I mean, I, I think Corey Seager should be a lock. I know he missed 31 games, but his, his production level has been unbelievable. He, he has the best WRC plus of anyone in major league baseball. Uh, I think Adoli should be, well, I think Josh Young should be a lock. And I think Adolis, as long as he kind of flips the switch back on, should be fine. Uh, but I, I worry that one of those two guys will get left out in a numbers game. Uh, you know, I don't think anyone out of the bullpen will get it. I mean, Josh Spores has been awesome, but I think the, you know, the rough start might get in the way of that. Uh Will Smith's been great, but again, I, I think they're probably closers who have better numbers uh, who will get in. Uh, John Gray's got a chance, and I think, you know, we've seen Nathaniel Lowe get hot, and, you know, I think he's got a chance if he does, uh, maybe not in the fan vote at this point. And then the other guy who I'd love to see get some consideration is Leody Tavares. Uh, he has been outstanding he's not you know as we're having this conversation he's ninth in major league baseball and batting average and he's been one of the better defensive center fielders and uh i just i i don't know that he's going to get in but i hope he gets legitimate conversation uh, because he definitely deserves it i gotta say for the first time in a long time i feel comfortable with third base with josh young there his defense has been way above what i expected it to be and of course his offense we knew he could hit but his defense has been he's made some amazing plays in the field this year yeah, no, for sure. He's been really good. And I don't know if I said Marcus Simeon was a lock. If I didn't, then obviously Marcus, I, I, yeah. maybe I said it in, in my head. I was like, Oh shoot. Did I <laughs> over Marcus? Cause I mean, this guy's if the season ended today would be getting votes for MVP. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's been tremendous. And I also, I definitely left out Jonah Heim by yeah, accident. Jonah Heim, yeah. yeah. Jonah Heim's. I mean, that, that, that should be a no brainer. I mean, he leads yeah. all catchers and RBIs and batting average. I mean, it's yeah, that, that, Jonah Himes, a, that's a lot too. Um, yeah, Josh Young defensively has been really good. Uh, and and I'd say that, you know, he's even impressed me and surprised me offensively. I, first full year in the league, uh, you just never know what you're going to get from young hitters. And, you know, he's going to have his ups and downs, all young hitters do. But, you know, he's weathered those storms so far this year really well. And the power that he's had, I mean, that was the big question coming out of college is whether or not, you know, he'd be able to take a, a level swing that was, you know, more of a, a doubles type swing and convert it into, you know, home run pop because when yeah. you draft a guy as high as Josh Young was drafted at third base, you know, you're, you're hoping for more than 10 to 15 home runs a year. Uh, you're hoping for a guy who can get you in the twenties and maybe the thirties, you know, you're, again, you're talking about a top 10 pick and uh, it definitely looks like he's been able to make those adjustments, but uh, you know, defensively, what, what impresses me is he doesn't have a great arm. You know, his arm is, is okay, but he's really accurate and he's got a great clock. You know, he, he understands his arm. He knows the timing that he needs to be able to make plays. And, uh, you know, he's been great going to his left. Uh, we've seen a ton of diving plays. We've seen him make plays towards the line and make throws while straddling the line strong enough to get runners. And then what we saw from day one last year when he was called up was this ability to, to charge balls and make plays in on the grass really effectively. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know that he's uh, going to get, 
gold glove consideration this year. Uh, but you know, as far as what he's brought to the table defensively, it's, uh, I think it's been above expectation and, you know, with how young he is and how hard he works, uh, you know, maybe there is going to be some gold glove consideration for him in the future, which is not something anyone would have predicted when he was drafted out of Texas tech. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, let's talk a little bit about John Gray who missed one start with a blister issue, but I have a sort of a two part question. Number one, uh, I wonder how he's going to feel about Sandy Leon being DFA'd since he's kind of been his personal catcher so far in the year. And then do you think uh, Cody Bradford gets the nod if Gray has to miss more than one start? Yeah. So I, I do think, you know, the fact that Cody Bradford hasn't been optioned back to AAA kind of tells you all you need to know about that. I think that, yeah. you know, uh, that uh, that's, that's likely. And maybe he even gets injected into the rotation one time through just to give guys an extra day of rest. I think that was initially their hope and plan. I think Cody Bradford was going to come up and uh, maybe start uh, tonight's game or, or last night's game to bump Heaney and Avaldi back a day or just uh, Avaldi back a day. Uh, but when John Gray had the uh, the preemptive you know, hot finger to try and prevent a, a blister and they want to bump him back, then that you know it became a little bit of a, a tougher proposition. So yeah. Um, you know, I think the hope is that John will be able to start once the team goes on the road and that he's not going to have to miss a, a start another one. But if he does, then, yeah, I think that would be Cody Bradford's. And as far as Sandy Leone, you know, I, I don't know that they asked John for his approval or anything, but I'm sure they had discussions with John. And I, I don't, I don't want to take anything away from Sandy Leone. I think John definitely loved throwing to Sandy and they had a nice rhythm. Uh, but I think I, I don't think it was like John was – beating down the door saying, Hey, uh, Sandy's my guy. I have to throw to Sandy. I think it was a convenient way to, uh, to give Jonah a built-in day off, especially when Mitch Garver was out. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I think Bruce Bochy has said that he really, you know, he doesn't mind personal catchers because it gives a guy like Sandy the ability to focus on, you know, a relationship with a starting pitcher and it clearly worked, yeah. but I don't, you know, Jonah Hyman is an outstanding catcher. Yeah. Uh, pitchers love throwing him. So I don't think that, uh, I don't think John Gray is going to have any issues throwing to, to Jonah or Mitch Garver. Uh, but I do think I will say this. I do think that, you know, having a third catcher is important right now because you don't want to wear Jonah out. And you also don't want to put Mitch in a, a physically compromised place because having his bat in the lineup, keeping him healthy is important. So uh, I, I think for, you know, for the Rangers having a third catcher to kind of, you know, keep both guys fresh is important. That's why Sam huffs up and yeah. we'll see if Sam's able to maintain that role or if they look elsewhere to, to fill that spot. Yeah. And we'll see too, because I mean, Sam Huff, we've seen flashes of it at the big league level. Yeah. And so we'll see if he can, you know, if this is the time that he can um, finally put it together. So I think too, you can't talk about this Rangers team without Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. Just talk a little bit about kind of what you've seen from them because they've been everything that you could have wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you just said it. They've been everything that, you know, you, you could have wanted to Whenever you sign these big contracts, uh, you know, there's, there's excitement. Uh, there's probably some, uh, you know, some, uh, angst to, to get these guys in uniform and see them perform. But there's also probably some trepidation, like what if this doesn't work? And uh, you know, last year with, with Marcus, he got off to a slow start and, you know, he was outstanding from June on, but you know, at the end of the day, when you look at the back of the baseball card, you look at the numbers from last year and 
you know, it'd be fair if someone asked, well, what they, they paid this guy all that money and this is what he gave you. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, if you really looked at what he did after a, a two month slow start, I mean, the guy lived up to the, to the billing, uh, you know, with Corey, he had so many hits taken away by the shift, you know, his overall numbers weren't, you know, what he is accustomed to from a, a, a rate standpoint, but he did have a career high in home runs and, uh, and RBIs. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of good there, but now, you know, the second year, these guys are, I mean, they're playing like elite level players. Uh, you yeah. know, Daniel Lowe said this the other day, he's like, Marcus Simeon to me is the best second baseman in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. And Corey Seager right now is maybe the best hitter in the world who's healthy. You know, Aaron Judge got hurt. He's on the IL, uh, but Acuna, Seager, Freeman, Judge, like Seager's name belongs in that conversation. Mm-hmm. And Corey has also been better defensively than I think people have given him credit for. I think he's done a nice job this year. Marcus is a gold glove caliber yeah. second baseman. Uh, but I mean, this is exactly what you wanted to get out of these two guys. I mean, they have carried when healthy, these two guys have been the leaders of this lineup and, and leaders in a great lineup, right? You know, there are other really good players, but it, it all, it starts with these two literally because they hit first and second in the lineup, but also uh, just uh, ability wise, it, 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 these are the guys who are going to lead the way. And uh, they have been outstanding this year. So uh, what did you think? You've seen a lot of debuts. What did you think of Owen White's debut uh, the other night? Yeah, I thought he was fine. You know, it, unfortunately, the the pitch he left over the outside part of the plate was probably a little mm-hmm. little up, a little, you know, too far up uh, or maybe not up enough to, uh, to you know, uh, get away with it. But Hunter Renfro was able to uh, – you know, hit it out. And that unfortunately came in a moment and with the way the game played out, it changed the game. Uh, But that shouldn't take away from, you know, what Owen did in a vacuum. Uh, It's not easy making your major league debut. And then the angels are a really good lineup. They're a really good team. I think people forget, maybe like people forget with the Rangers because the Rangers have had six years of being non-competitive. The angels, it's, it's almost worse for them because they've kind of been teetering on competitiveness, but you know, they've been more of a laughing stock as they've had, you know, Trout and Otani and haven't been able to figure it out. But they're legitimate and their lineup is is really good. And uh, you know, I thought Owen did a really nice job. I think he he showed nicely with uh, you know, his slider or cutter. Um, you know, I think the the lower velocity slider cutter is actually something he's calling a sweeper. Uh, you know, I I thought he located the sinker well for the most part, but you know, I I think sometimes you see a debut and a guy might put up results and you're pumped about it, but you're kind of like, I, I don't know if I really see it. You know, it's it just because yeah. a guy gave up one run over five innings doesn't mean that, you know, he's, that's always how it's going to be. And then there's sometimes when like Brian Wu with the Mariners, you know, he got crushed by the Rangers when he made his major league debut. But to be honest with you, watching him pitch, like it's very easy to see how this guy is going to be really good. Uh, well, though in white, you know, it wasn't like he got crushed, but he did suffer the loss, but watching mm-hmm. him pitch, there's a lot to be excited about and, you know, he'll be back up at some point and I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, no, I think for me, cause I obviously I worked that day. I think two things really stood out for me about Owen White's debut was other than the fact that he pitched fine was the angels were coming in hot. Um, you know, they've been playing really good lately and two, he was coming out of the bullpen, which is not something that he did yeah. does in the minor. So it's a whole different, you know, routine. I thought he was fine. Um, he was never in a position to stay up anyway. I think it would have took, it took a brilliant performance from him for him to even stay up. Um, but no, yeah, I agree. I thought, I thought he did fine. So, um, kind of changing the course a little bit. So, um, about, uh, Eric Nadell, 
So how, if you know, how has he been doing lately and just kind of on his situation? Yeah. I mean, I, I'd rather, uh, you know, let Eric speak about that whenever he's ready to, but he's doing well. Um, you know, hopefully we can get him back at some point before the end of the season. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I talk to Eric every day, uh, and he is, uh, you know, he is improving every day. Uh, he is in tune with what's going on with the, the team. He's, you know, constantly asking questions. He's engaged. And I know he, he sees and, and receives the texts and the messages, the DMS, the Instagram notes, or, you know, whatever they're called with all the different social media platforms, all the people who have reached out. And, uh, you know, I know he appreciates it immensely because, Rangers baseball has been a big part of his life. And by extension, I think for any broadcaster, whether you've met uh, a particular listener or not, you know, they're, they're a huge extension of your life as well, because the, you know, those are the people you talk to on a nightly basis. Those are the people who have the interest in what you do to allow you to do what you do. And so uh, I think it, it's, it's meant the world to him. Uh, and uh, yeah, he is progressing. Uh, and like I said, hopefully we can get him back at some point this year. Yeah, we were just wondering again, you know, I've been I've been listening to Rangers baseball since I was a kid, which was what, 100 years ago. And Nadell was, was still on the radio then. And just it, I mean, and I got to say, you and Matt have been fantastic. It's not like I don't feel like we're missing out, except that just Eric Nadell is Eric Nadell. But, you know, just a lot of people praying for him. I know a lot of people concerned about him. And I know I have lots of friends that deal with the same type issues. And then just we all we all send good thoughts his way. He's an amazing person. Yeah, he really is. Absolutely. All right. So, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, we get, I get asked lots of crazy questions on Twitter. I'm sure you do too. Um, one of them is do, do Rangers fans see Jack lighter in 2023? What do you think? Is he going to come to Arlington this year? Or is he a 2024 guy? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Um, I mean, unless like he just goes on some ridiculous run. Uh, but I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think that's the right thing to do. You know, this is a guy who has so much pressure and expectations surrounding him. Uh, and did not have a good year last year. And I think the last thing you want to do is, uh, is you know, the minute this guy has success, put him into an environment where now all the pressure is back on him in an even bigger way. And I think, you know, the, the quickest path for him to come to the big leagues would be as a reliever, not long-term, but this year. And there's such a need in the bullpen. Now, all of a sudden, not only is there going to be spotlight and pressure, but there's going to be the added weight of, hey, this guy could be our savior in the bullpen, which just yeah. totally is ridiculous and isn't fair. And so, yeah. um, you know, I, I guess I, I wouldn't rule out the possibility that he makes a spot start at some point if the starting rotation is just so thinned out that they need someone. But I don't think we're anywhere near that. I think it would be in August or September, uh, you know, on the heels of, of Jack putting together you know, consecutive months of really good work on the mound. Um, and so I just don't think there's any need to, to rush Jack. And and I think you want to put him in a position to succeed, not only each start, but long-term mentally with where he is, especially after what he did last year. Yeah, I think I definitely, definitely agree with that. And I think that if we did see Jack Leiter this year, it would be like kind of like a situation how we saw Cody Bradford, where like he went on a tear, needed a spot start, came in, gave you that. Yeah. So now, I will. I will say, Ken. I, I do think there's a chance that we see more of Cody Bradford. You know, oh, yeah. Jack, oh yeah, yeah. If Jack did come up, and and I guess I reserve the right to change my opinion two and a half <laughs> months from now when he throws seven consecutive no hitters. But uh, <laughs> I think with Jack, I think it's it's more likely that it is just kind of a one and done spot start type thing. Maybe two, but 
Uh, I think when the year's done, you could see 10 starts, you know, under Cody Bradford's belt for sure. If I'm right, he doesn't have to be put on the 40 man at the end of this year, right? There's one more year. Yeah. I think Jack's got one more year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And Cody Bradford, he's improved every time out. He was really, really good. That was my main takeaway from that game uh, the other night was how good Cody Bradford was. So next thing up, I got to ask because I remember um, working, I think it was in the Mariners series was when I realized like, whoa, like this team is for real, for real, legit. So how do you think the Rangers are a legitimate, I guess, World Series team? But how how for real do you think this team is? Well, I think they're they're definitely real. I mean, they, they've got the best record in franchise history through 67 games. Um, and they've got the second best record in Major League Baseball, right? Unless that's changed, uh, you know, with their, their recent stretch. But I, I believe uh, they still have the second best record in Major League Baseball, maybe tied with the Orioles. Uh, and so um, I... I don't know that that means that it's an all, you know, all in type year and anything short of a world series is a failure because this is their first year back to being competitive. But I think to, uh, to consider them as anything less than at minimum, a team that could win the world series would be irresponsible based on the success they've had. Uh, now tied for the second best record in major league baseball does that mean that they're the second, you know, they have the second best chance of winning the world series. I don't know that I would look at it that way. When I look at the rosters and uh, what teams have the ability to, or not to do come trade deadline time, but um, they definitely are, you know, look like a playoff team. And uh, you know, once you get in the playoffs, this is not like the NBA playoffs where if you're an eight seed, you're probably one and done. Now I say that knowing that the, yeah. the NBA finals, but more often than not, uh, you know, when you're an eight seed in the NBA playoffs, you got a chance to maybe win like three games in the first round and that's it. Maybe uh, it's not like that in, in major league baseball. And so uh, I think if this team can really fix up the bullpen and uh, add a, a really strong rotation piece, I think this team's got a chance to to make a deep run for sure. All right. Before we let, we, we let you go, I wanted to talk a little bit about Dane Dunning's charity event coming up, which I know you're emceeing. So if you would sort of tell people a little bit about that, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, so Dane's an awesome person. I, I have so very much loved getting to know Dane since he came over in the Lance Lynn deal a few years ago. And you know, from day one, uh, well, let me say this, not that there's anything wrong with this, but sometimes, you know, an athlete will get asked to connect themselves to a charity uh, and an agent or someone is advising them saying, yeah, this would be good for your image and whatnot. And th- Hey, that's fine because they're using their profile. They're probably doing a lot of good for that cause, that charity. Uh, but there, there are also times when an athlete genuinely wants to do something. They, they are the initiator. They are the originator of that conversation. There's a cause uh, that means a lot to them. And, you know, that's always been the case with Dane and, and, you know, raising awareness, supporting people dealing with multiple sclerosis, his wife, uh, Rachel, I don't know if she still does. Used to work for the MS Society, and it's uh, been a part of her family's life. Uh, and so, you know, Dane has from day one uh, looked for ways to raise money. I think before his his first season with the Rangers in the off season, they acquired him. He had like a video game a thon or something that you know raised money, and uh, he's partnering with Big League Impact, which is a, an organization throughout Major League Baseball that. Uh, Kyle Gibson and Adam Wainwright were really involved in spearheading that gives athletes an opportunity to use a platform for a cause. And so he's got his swinging for impact event. It's Sunday, July 16th at Top Golf in the Colony. 
the Rangers play that day. So the event is that night. Uh, and you'll get to hang out with Dane and, and a bunch of his teammates, uh, golf and, you know, food and drinks. There's an auction. Uh, and then all the proceeds will benefit the National Multiple Sclerosis Society. Uh, so, um, you know, it should be a lot of fun. It's going to be a great opportunity for people to to get some FaceTime with Dane and, and some of his teammates. I don't know exactly, you know, we don't have commitments yet, uh, who will and will not be there. But, you know, typically when a player has an event like this, a lot of guys roll out. So uh, you can expect to, to meet uh, most, if not all, of Rangers players at that event. All right. Well, Jared Sandler, thank you so much for your time today, sir. You got it, Ben and Kane. Thanks so much for having me. All right, that's Jared Sandler, Rangers Radio News. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.